Welcome to No Compromise Radio, a ministry coming to you from Bethlehem Bible Church in West Boylston. No Compromise Radio is a program dedicated to the ongoing proclamation of Jesus Christ. Based on the theme in Galatians 2 verse 5, where the Apostle Paul said, But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour, so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. In short, if you like smooth, watered-down words to make you simply feel good, this show isn't for you. By purpose, we are first biblical but we can also be controversial. Stay tuned for the next 25 minutes as we're called by the divine trumpet to summon the troops for the honor and glory of her king. Here's our host, Pastor Mike Abendroth. Welcome to Compromise Radio Ministry. Pastor Esteban El Jefe Cooley. Si, como no. Si es bueno. <laughs> Steve, tell me what is new with you. You're going through the... LBC 1689 during Sunday school. How's that working out for you? The Long Beach uh, Community Rec Long... Center, um, <laughs> room 1689, is when they debrief you on. Uh, it's really excellent. Uh, the London Baptist Confession of Faith. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm having a good time. So, uh, you know, we're aiming towards the Sabbath. We're gearing up for it. Uh oh. Now, are you going to start, you know, Doing lawn bowling on the Sabbath? Or are you going to stop eating marshmallows on the Sabbath? How is that going to work out? Well, I'm preparing a list of rules that all will have to adhere to. So. Okay, and and you will determine to what degree those rules are kept. Because, as I like to say, I am the law. I am the law, and the law won. I am the law. Uh-huh. Great scene from Judge Dredd. Did you which... ever walk into? An area where you had to arrest somebody and say, I'm the law? I never said I am the no, law. No, what would you say? No. I'm a policeman, put your gun down. Well, no, you know, I think I did say things at various times like, well, why do I have to do that? And, you know, somebody would say to me and I'd say, I'd point to my shoulder and say, see that? It says L.A. Sheriff. That's why. That's why. Seriously. Yeah. What if they were illiterate and they couldn't read? Uh, I'd read it for them. Because that's just how I am. <laughs> yeah, you're so nice. <laughs> Give me an illustration, Steve, of a time where you initially thought you were going to arrest someone, and then after talking to them, you either felt pity or sympathy, or they changed the story in such a way where you thought, you know what, I'm not going to arrest them. I'm just going to give them a warning. Well, there was one easy time, uh, or one one that readily comes to mind. It was a, a young man and his uh, girlfriend, and they were out uh, up in one of the turnouts up in uh, the National Forest, you know, looking over the beautiful city of Pasadena. And uh, we came up on them and started, you know, we we do these wellness checks because all sorts of crime happens in those things. Uh, and during our interaction with them, I saw what turned out to be, it was like the centerpiece of a shopping cart. He'd, he'd cut that off the shop, shopping cart and... I'm telling you what, man, that thing weighed, I don't know, five, eight, maybe seven or eight pounds. I mean, it was heavy. And I said, what do you have this thing for? And he said, protection. Bad move. That's a felony, right? Protection? Yeah. Because now you're telling me you're carrying oh, this it's thing a weapon. as a weapon, oh, right? Oh, oh. 120.20A of the penal code. So, (laughs) (laughs) sitting there talking to him and I'm going, but he was a nice kid, had a job and, you know, everything. And so I just said to him, I said, well, I said, here's the issue. The issue is you've just 
basically told me that you're guilty of a felony. And I said, so the choices here are, I can go ahead and take you to jail, or you can take this thing and heave it down the canyon. Your call. He goes, well, hang on for a second. <laughs> there it goes. Woo! Now, how can that be, how, how is that used as protection, as some kind of weapon or something? What, 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 what would he oh, do? Oh, I mean, it was like a, it was like a nasty club. Are you kidding? Oh, it was a club. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you cut the, you, you know, the center section out of that, uh, out of the shopping cart where you, the handle part. Oh, oh, that. It, I thought you were talking about like the cage. No, it's reinforced. It's heavy because, you know, you got to push uh, potentially, I don't, I don't know, how much stuff can you put on there? Maybe 150, 200 pounds in one mm-hmm. of those carts, you know? Plus so if you got your kids there, yeah. you know? People yeah. let their kids breastfeed now at 15 years old or something, and maybe they got their kids. I'm not in the even cart. going there, Michael. So you know it's heavy, and you know, and to remove that thing, I think he worked at a grocery store, so he probably, you know, also defaced some company property. Okay. But and then he got, and then you wrote him a citation for littering. No, I did not. <laughs> no, actually, it would have had to have been the uh, the marshals. Now, there's a funny story because it's almost Christmas time, right? Yes. So, so same car. You know, different shift, but same car. We're driving around up in the mountains one day, and we see a guy literally cutting down a tree. So we go talk to him, and it's against federal law to cut down your own Christmas tree in the national forest. People still do it, but it's against the law. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. Will I get caught? Yeah. So (laughs) we're talking to this guy, and he was not a nice individual. I mean, just... Really not cool at all. And he was like, well, you know, this is a national forest. You guys can't do anything to me. And I said, oh, yeah, we can. We detained him and called the marshal over or the the forest ranger, gave him a ticket. And, you know, keep in mind now, this was like 30 years ago. They wrote him a ticket. The the fine on that thing was like $700. And I'm like, that's probably the most expensive Christmas tree that guy's ever going to. And he goes, can I take the tree? And the ranger goes, no. Oh, that's <laughs> the, funny. The most expensive tree he never bought. Yeah, so. Amazing. Did you ever, Steve, last question before we get to the topic at hand. Did anyone ever call you a minister of God? You know, how we might, uh, in light of Romans 13, say, oh, do you know, actually the Bible teaches that you're a minister of God. Did anybody ever do that? Um, not while I was in patrol and, you know, probably not until I was saved. Okay. You know, so. All right. All right. Well, today on No Compromise Radio, since it is Christmas, I have some Christmas traditions around the world that I'd like to talk about, and then you can respond. To oh, what these Christmas are. traditions. Uh-huh. Very good. By, do, by the way, do you have any Christmas traditions that are of radio noteworthiness? Christmas traditions that are of no... You know, I... I I can't really think of anything. I mean, usually Janet and I are just home on Christmas. You know, the kids are gone, and uh, we let them do their own thing on Christmas. We don't put any demands on them. So, I, you know, I mean, we usually wind up watching some kind of movie or something on Christmas Day. Okay. Well, in Bangladesh, do you know worshipers light the way to church using arches made from banana trees with oil lamps? Hmm. Now, you know, we're all into church growth here and everything, you know, helping the Lord Jesus build the church. That's awesome. How, how we, would that work? We actually had banana trees in my backyard when I was growing up. <laughs> Did you? All right. Yep. They were funky. Okay. Banana trees are funky. 
Um, how about this? In Egypt, according to this little book that I have here, Christians fast during Advent on Christmas Eve, January 6th for them. They attend church wearing new clothes, and on Christmas Day they visit friends and share a type of shortbread. Mmm. This is scintillating. I love shortbread. (laughs) Tell me the difference, Steve. This is a real theological question. Uh, If people want to celebrate Christmas, uh, is it a theological problem? Uh, how, do, how do we work through this, people's consciences and what they do on Christmas? I think at the radio show, we both agree that there are 52 special Sundays in the church calendar. And beyond that, there's really nothing, right? Every Sunday we're thinking about literally the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It could be from Christmas to Easter um, and beyond in eternity past and in eternity future every single Sunday. But so even, so what do we do with the Christmas holiday? Well, even so, you know, it's a good question. I, I think even so, though, for most people in the congregation, there are really two highlights, you know, and, and Christmas is secondary, uh, the primary one being the Super Bowl, you know. Well, <laughs> and for many New Englanders, it's it's Christmas and Super Bowl at the same time because New England's there, so it's their team. Well, right? yeah, but that doesn't now, the Super Bowl is like the first weekend in February, you know, so it's it's pretty... You know, pretty late to be celebrating Christmas. Well, I know a lot of people are, are concerned because uh, I heard in 2020 the the Super Bowl is is the first day of Shepherd's Conference, so they're they're melding those two together. Ooh. <laughs> so the question is, do I want to go watch the Super Bowl on satellite at Shepherd's Conference, or stay at home and watch it on satellite? Right. Right. Mm, yeah. Tough are call. you are you could do the Roco kind of like Slingbox Roku. Yeah. Nothing? Yeah. What's Rocco? I don't know. You made it up. It's like Noco. <laughs> Only Rocco. But, but you know, Christmas, um, is there a problem with it? I, I mean, I don't think so. I'm, I'm sure that I could find some, uh, sorry, uh, King James loving guy who says, you know, Christmas is of Satan because it is, and, and I'm sure there are plenty of them, uh, because it is nothing more than the... Uh, Christianization of pagan holidays, but uh, because the one thing we can be pretty sure of is Jesus was not born December 25th. <laughs> right. I mean, if we examine even the, the Gospels, even without knowing anything, uh, we, we would quickly discover that the idea that all this is taking place in December is not is not a tenable position. Right. How about, Steve, when we... Uh, put together a worship service for the Christmas Sunday, whichever one that is. Sometimes it falls on Christmas on the 25th. Sometimes it's the 24th. Or this year, I think it's the 23rd. What do we do differently? Is it okay for churches to have a service dedicated to uh, the the incarnation and Jesus's birth? Uh, or should you just kind of keep going on as normal? You know, it's just continuing the next set of verses. I think you could go... I think you could do either. I don't think there's a, a wrong way to do it because you are going to have a bunch of people from the C&E club, the Christmas and Easter club, you know, there people, local people who just are looking for a church to go to on, uh, on or about Christmas, you know, to salve their consciences. The one thing I would say, though, is you want to, you know, any sort of Frosty the Snowman thing needs to be before the service. So... Okay, that's good. That's, that's good. No, what, well, we, we don't do frosty. Steve, I found it uh, fascinating that if the Christmas service, that Sunday service, is the 24th 
a lot of unbelievers show up or visitors. I mean, I can't tell if they're unbelievers or not. But, you know, if a friend says, I'm bringing my unbelieving friend, that's a regular thing. Because I think with midnight masses at Catholic churches on uh, Christmas Eve, you know, people just show up. They just feel the duty. But if it's, it's the 21st... On the Sunday, it, not not less. so many show up. Yeah, I, I mean the twenty first or the twenty eighth, they're like, nah, you know, Christmas is on a Wednesday this year or whatever. Right. You know, it's no big deal. And why go twice in a week? Because I'm bound to go to the Christmas Eve candlelight service. So sure. why go twice? Sure. Now tell me what you think about this. Uh, I typically don't like to uh, say this is an Easter message or a Christmas message. I just try to talk about the birth of Jesus in his life a little bit more during the Christmas message, and I talk about his resurrection a little bit more at the Easter message, but I try to talk about them both anyway in every message. Does that make sense? Sure. So this time, though, um, uh, Christmas Sunday, 23rd, would be uh, chapter 7, Melchizedek. And so I thought, all right, there's nothing wrong with continuing to talk about Jesus is a great priest. These Jews were thinking, you know, how can he be a priest if he's not, you know, his last name's not Cohen, right? He's not a Levite. Right. And Jesus is from Judah, but there's a greater priesthood than the Levites, and that's uh, from where the Levites came, and that's Abraham met this man named Melchizedek, this king of righteousness, king of peace. But there's so much in there. I thought, well, maybe I will do something from Galatians 4. Jesus is born of a woman, born under a law, and just have a deviation so I don't have to explain Melchizedek to the unbeliever. Because that, that's a harder go, I thought. What do you think? Well, I don't know. You know, I was an unbeliever who used to be a Melchizedek priesthood holder. So <laughs> no, Now we're talking radio. So Melech is king. And uh, Sedek is righteousness. And so you were a Melchizedekian priest. Is that it? Well, no, I was an elder, but the Melchizedek priesthood is, is through that line. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I held. So yeah. that's why your name uh, is pretty close to Cohen. It's Cooley, Cohen, Cohen. That's interesting. So if your name wasn't Cohen or Cooley or something, then what do you do if it was like Johnson? Or Jones or whatever. What's a typical it, it, Mormon it name? Matter. Do we know it? Are there some names that are just when you hear you go, they, that's probably a Mormon? Young. Seriously? Uh, I mean, Forever young? A, a lot of times I think, oh, that's probably. But uh, like Kimball, um, I, I mean, there are just certain certain family names that you just hear it and you just go, oh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. So Okay, yeah, Brigham or, Young. Or Romney. Right. And, and I'm not even kidding about Romney. As soon as I heard his name, I knew he was a Mormon because uh, Marion G. Romney was one of the first presidency. And I mean, there were just they're, they're, the families, you know, are just right. But right. We're, we're going into Mormonism here now. I'm, so. I'm wondering, um, you know, sometimes actors change their names or musicians just because they're, you know, what was it, Bob Dylan, you know, is was, was Bob Zimmerman, and it just didn't have a, a, a good flavor to it. So I heard initially that Mitt Romney's name was Mitt Rhombus, but then they just had a lot of problems with trapezoids and other kind of associations. That was false. <laughs> Nine, don't care. Uh, how about this for the listeners? If your pastor uh, preaches the gospel on Christmas Day, whether he deviates from his normal verse-by-verse preaching or he continues with it, you ought to be glad because you get to hear about the Lord Jesus again. And uh, I'm hoping that your church, that you attend, listener, talks about Jesus just as much on Easter and Christmas uh, every other Sunday. I think he's the focus of, of, of our attention. Hey Amen. And, and you know what I would say, too, to just encourage you, you know, if you, if you go on uh, a Christmas service and you think, well, 
the pastor didn't say anything new. That was just the gospel. Here's what you ought to be thinking instead is like what you said, but you also ought to be thinking this. Okay, there's a reason why he's preaching the gospel with a special emphasis today. You know, well, why is that? Well, because high probability that an unusual number of unbelievers would be there. And so you ought to be thinking, I should pray that the Holy Spirit would open the eyes of, you know, the unredeemed people here. That today would be the day that, you know, there, there would be, that we would hear for months to come of all the people who got saved today on account of the preaching of the gospel. Steve, I like that kind of thinking because maybe for you as well, but I'll speak for myself. I thought sermons were good when I was younger when I learned something new, right? Mm-hmm. When I had a new insight. And of course, that's wonderful to learn something new about God and you learn something more about his character or even this last Sunday when I was talking about the cities of refuge and the Jews would flee there, they'd have asylum. What a great picture of the Lord Jesus. And when we run to him, uh, we uh, can flee to him for refuge and, and find safety in the Lord Jesus spiritually. I like that. But what if they just get up and say, you know, here's another sermon about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You're like, uh, okay, I think I checked that off when I first got saved. Didn't I accept him in my heart and uh, sign my name and now I'm good? Can't we get on to practical living? Well, you, you know what? Here's what I wonder. How much? How many practical living sermons do you think you're going to hear in heaven? <laughs> and if you're like, oh, it's oh, it's boring and tedious now. Well, just wait till you're in heaven, and all you hear about are the splendors and glories and majesty of God forever and ever and ever. Jesus Christ expounded to you and explained to you over and over and over again in greater depth, maybe. But and what if you're just sitting there looking at him and you're just thinking yeah, about him, yeah, right? And you're yeah. just like, okay. So, see, I want to talk about that for a second, and I, this is what we do on this radio show, which is like ADD. We just flip all around because we, we don't want you to change the channel. Uh, do they have channel changes? Yeah, anyway? we don't want you to get ADD. <laughs> Steve, when you think about marriages that need help, uh, of course I think a husband could say, you know, what are some of the things, honey, you'd like me to do for you? That's a, that's a loving thing, right? Is there anything I could do for you today, you know, on a to-do list? And I think that's valuable. But would it be more valuable or less valuable if you just went and spent time with your wife and went and did something with her and then ask her how her day went and how you're feeling or how does this make you feel or what do you think about this and just spending time together? I'm wondering if in addition to the honey-do list, there's just a honey, let's spend time together list. I have ADD. <laughs> we, we just went from the gospel to marriage advice. But yeah, I think uh-huh. that's I think that's good. I think that... Um, since we're on that track, I, you know, I would just say that I think too many people, uh, especially the guys, just have this sense that once they're married, life is over, right? I mean, it, the the whole all the work is done. <laughs> it's like uh, cruise control now. You got yeah. you you you've you've won the prize. Here's the question: when, Have you ever done this at a wedding? You know, when you're pronouncing the couple, man and wife, have you ever said now? Now, after I give you the vow, you just say it is finished. Right. <laughs> no, you say I do. Right. Nobody gets to say it is finished. I, it, my work here is done. Right. Your work is just beginning. So, 
No, that's good. Well, my point was with back uh, thinking about who Jesus is and, and back to Christmas messages, oh, we're all going to hear the same thing again. Yeah. But it's good to just reflect again. And Lord, I, 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 I often forget this. I'm, I'm a works-based person. My default is merit. I need to be focused on not my merit because it's not good enough, but on the Lord's merit. And then in heaven, we're just going to uh, admire him and worship him and just spend time with him. And, and to your point, we don't need a to-do list because we'll know who he is, then we'll naturally do. And I think that's the part with marriage and even with Christian sanctification to a large degree. Well, I mean, do you ever, you ever uh, say to your wife, you know, you guys are out and you're, you're just looking at her and you go, you know, I don't have anything to say to you. You're boring. <laughs> I watch these couples and they're out on a dinner date and they're both texting, you know. I'm like, okay, come on. So we have Christmas traditions around the world. Iraq, it says, families light a fire of dried thorns in their courtyard on Christmas Eve. If it burns to ashes, they will have a good year. Another bonfire is lit in church on Christmas Day, and there is a procession with the image of child Jesus. I don't know if that's true or not. It's in this book here today, uh, but that's that's kind of a that's an interesting tradition. I think I I just don't you know that just sounds too fleecy to me. Okay, you know. All right. So. How, how about uh, in Greenland? Celebrators eat matak, which is whale skin containing a strip of blubber. I, you my, know, my, I'm my talk. Yeah, well, you know, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that the uh, uh, Star Trek, the not the Vulcans, but the uh, the bad guys, the Gorn, no the Romulans, Klingons. Klingons. I think the Gling, Klingons eat. That. Oh, I think they do. <laughs> Remember that whole New Testament that was translated into Klingon? No, but it doesn't surprise oh, me that somebody on. would waste their time. Can doing you that. imagine? I know. All right. Well, how about uh, England? It says Christmas dessert. <laughs> Just give me another idea. How about the Tolkien study Bible? <laughs> how far? Hey, you know what, Steve? We, we better not say this on the air because we could be rich. We could come up with a C.S. Lewis study Bible and be richer than rich. Yeah, but I, I'm just like, just think if we blended the Lord of the Rings and, you know, the Bible, you know, just take the comments from Lord of the Rings and uh-huh. put those into the... I was listening to Enya's song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and I was like, ah. I thought, I can just see the orcs come flying up over the hill or the black riders or whatever they call those things. I'm like, ah. <laughs> this is bad. In England, you know, they have a tradition. Christmas dessert is a rich, fruity pudding with brandy sauce. Now, do you have to, like, cook that brandy out if you're a temperance guy? Oh, I don't think so. I met somebody recently. They told me they had to sign a temperance pledge to become a covenant member of their church. Stop. Yeah. I have an old Bible that has a temperance pledge at the beginning. And, uh, you know, marriages, deaths, births, temperance pledge. You know, if somebody comes up to me and says that they don't, that they don't drink, that they think it's wise not to drink, I'm going, good for you. But a temperance pledge? No. No, I don't think so. All right. And then lastly, in Mexico, or maybe lastly, La Posada. Doesn't he play for the Red Sox? Uh, no, he used to play for the Yankees. He used to be a catcher, actually. <laughs> Jorge Posada. <laughs> Is a procession reenacting Joseph. First, I thought it said Josephus. And I thought you're going to have to be like this Jewish guy who's, you know, bound to write according to the Romans. Uh, reenacting Joseph and Mary's search for shelter before the birth of Jesus. Celebrators go from house to house carrying their images. And so we we have to find shelter. 
If I don't get me some shelter, I, I I don't I don't think I like that though. I mean, carrying the images again, you know, why do they do that? Why do they need the images? Well, I think it's because they want to be viscerally moved, and because they think that there's something special about the images. Of Mary and Joseph. I know. You know, I've been sometimes accused of uh, commandment violations, showing pictures of Jesus with these little things that people send me, right? This is like a little eraser and stuff uh, that you can't see on the radio, but I'm showing Pastor Steve. And that actually isn't Jesus. You know what? It's it's Mary. <laughs> so now I don't have to think that it's it, Jesus. It's an eraser? Uh-huh. Well, it's some... It's uh, Actually, it says it's a pocket Jesus' strength. You put that in your pocket every time... You feel it. You you have a Christmas tradition, and you walk over and you eat whale blubber, and uh, you you have a, a banana tree with a lamp, and then you carry this image over to the bonfire that's made full of dried thorns for a year. Here's a, it's it's it, an amalgamation. Oh worship. yeah, just put everything together. You know, here's the funny thing about images. Uh, not well, it's not funny, but here's the odd thing about images. I am absolutely confident that there has never been an image that looks anything remotely like Jesus. No, because the image is going to be obviously false. And when you think about, you know, heaven, that image is good thing you're going to have real redeemed bodies or else you're going to be just dust, right? Here's this Shekinah glory and, and this, this effulgent glory of the Lord Jesus. So on No Compromise Radio today, we've talked about a variety of things. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Don't you want to wish them a Merry Christmas? Yeah, Steve? Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And uh, if you ever meet someone that has a, a carriage uh, pole weapon, uh, you want to make sure that you stay completely away from them. <laughs> I, w- I would agree with that. <laughs> no Compromise Radio with Pastor Mike Abendroth is a production of Bethlehem Bible Church in West Boylston. Bethlehem Bible Church is a Bible teaching church firmly committed to unleashing the life transforming power of God's Word through verse by verse exposition of the sacred text. Please come and join us. Our service times are Sunday morning at 1015 and in the evening at 6. We're right on Route 110 in West Boylston. You can check us out online at bbcchurch.org or by phone at 508-835-3400.